This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Joe Ingles joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joe, good morning. Good morning. So, Joe, I'm curious. When you were seven years old. Sure you are. <laughs> right? That's why I'm a reporter. I get to ask people stuff. When you were seven years old, did you just walk into a room and pop off and crack the whole place up? I mean, is this something you've always done? Um, I, guess, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, my personality's been the same my whole life. I don't think it's changed too much. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, I've always... I guess I've never been afraid. I obviously have fun in, in during my life. I was... Lucky to have, obviously, and, um, yeah, just kind of in, enjoy my my life and enjoy talking to people and trying to help people kind of when I can if they're feeling down or if they need some confidence or whatever it is. But I guess I've yeah, I mean I've I guess I feel like I've always been the same way. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had the sky hook, and against the Knicks, you put in something that resembled a hook. What do you call that? Um, I just threw it and prayed that it went in because <laughs> it was stuck in the air. The, the throw and prayer? <laughs> no, I knew what I was doing. I told Rudy my left hand hook is way better than his. I'm one for one on the year. He's like one for 40 on the year. <laughs> See, there you go. You, you make a bucket and you got a line to go after Rudy. You walked in the locker room after the Knicks game and uh, Bogdanovich is doing a post-game media thing and you immediately, NBA history, three rebounds, three assists, lighting him up for the 35.0 rebounds, zero assists. Did you know when you walked in you were going to do that or just it just pops in your head and you just let it rip? Yeah, no, I didn't even, I mean, obviously didn't know who was going to be doing media um, or anything, so I just... Uh, I guess came in at the right time, and um, we were we were obviously laughing the last couple of days. Um, having, I think he was the, he said that he was the first player in NBA history to have multiple twenty five plus points with zero 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 serving the L. So um, we were laughing about it the last few days, and Boyan being Boyan, who's not serious but very like. Just kind of straight down the line, he was like, "Well, I made history." Like, I mean, other people have made history. <laughs> That's good. It just it is what it is, and obviously we we love what he does. So it was. Uh, I think he got. I think yeah. I think I started laughing on the court because I think the first we lost the tip. They missed the first shot, and he got the first rebound of the game. We're like, see, it's not that hard to get like one rebound. <laughs> it isn't. But he's a great player. I love him. And I found in my life when things are going wrong, work actually is a refuge and love coming in here doing the show because I can forget about my issues 
And I'm wondering for professional ball players like yourself, you know, you had some stuff last year which you announced this year with the fires down in your home country and all just devastation, and, and you probably got some other stuff. How much does the game provide relief for you to get away from that stuff if it does at all? Yeah, I think it, I think it, it it does for for sure. I think depending on what it is is is, is difficult at different times. Um, I think everyone obviously now knowing what we were going through with, with Jacob last year, it wasn't as much as it was like when I was out there practicing or playing. I wasn't directly thinking about what we were going through, but I wasn't also on the flip side. I wasn't there mentally at all, really. Um, as I'm sure a few people wrote articles about. <laughs> so, that, like, for that circumstance, it was like nothing that was going to, um, I guess, take me away from thinking about it and thinking about Renee and Jacob and Miller and um, kind of what we were going through and what life was going to look like um, once we did get the, the diagnosis. The, the stuff with, like, the fires and stuff like that now, it is, it's, uh, obviously thinking about a lot of, one of my best friends who's kind of grown up with me and, and knows Renee obviously extremely well for the last kind of 10 years. Um, he lost his whole winery, which is his baby, he started from nothing. Um, so we've had some friends, Renee's had some, uh, some of their netball teammates that have either been like metres away from losing their homes or, or losing some stuff or, or uh, like family homes and things like that. So um, when it's stuff, I guess, like that, that, when you're not playing, you are thinking about it, but obviously when I'm on the court, you're, you're pretty locked in and um, not kind of directly happening to, to Renee or my, my children. I think that kind of can take you away and you can get lost in practice in the games a little bit. Like like I said, with Jacob's stuff last year, we, there was nothing that was going to stop me thinking about it until I knew um, and was comfortable with Renee, what we were going to be kind of looking at in the future and that Jacob was going to be getting the best help and, and therapy that he needs. And, and obviously now he's he's in a really good spot. So that's um, something that I'm really comfortable with. So I guess with the fires, one, there's multiple traumatic things that go on there. But if you don't follow it close or know somebody down there, you know, there have been multiple fires over multiple years. So it's like reliving the nightmare. And, and this is bigger and it's worse, but... My wife's best friend from college is down there, and they lost their home in one of the previous fires and had a very harrowing escape from it. So I guess for the, the people who are there, some of them are going through this trauma over and over, which makes it especially awful. Not that it wouldn't be awful just yeah, the first I mean, time. Obviously, depending on kind of where you live, if you're, out, if you're kind of out in those areas that have um, been catching fire more often, it's, yeah, it could be a, a yearly thing or depending on how bad it gets. Uh, um for, for me and, and Renee and our home, we're we're way close to the to the city and the, the kind of the, the central of Melbourne, so we're we're lucky. But um, you just can't. I mean, it's obviously dead. you can't even think about what what people are going through and um, what they've lost and and the, the wildlife that's been lost. And um, thank thank God we've had some rain and and starting to to kind of be out like I guess con- somewhat controllable. Um, and the hard thing too is, is obviously being over here. Um, uh, I, I know Renee, and, and like if we were there, being able to actually get your hands dirty and actually help and, and do something, um, obviously from here is, is not that much you can do. Um, 
kind of immediately to, to try and help some people or, or the animals or whatever part it is. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's obviously a really devastating thing for, for our country. And um, like I said in the press release that we did with the NBA and the NBPA, we've, we've got some more. We and I are working with the Jazz. Um, so hopefully in the next kind of day or two, we'll be able to announce what we're doing. Um, but hopefully that, that goes really well. And everyone here in Utah and stuff supporter, and we can, we can try and raise some money to, to send back to, to help as many people as we can. On the court, when you're coming down that left side and you're deciding, are you going to ball fake, or are you going to shoot, or are you going to pass to Rudy if he's cutting or in the corner, is it easier this year? It seems like the lane is wider this year to me, to the, you know, the amateur eye that I have. And I'm wondering if it's easier because you have more shooters on the floor this year or if that's even true. Um, yeah, I think it. Uh, obviously, with like whoever Boyan in the corner or whatever it is, it's, um, they're, they're not leaving Boyan. They're not going to leave Mike when he's back. Um, Donovan, Royce is shooting forty odd percent, and then I think what a lot of people forget about is the big French guy that's running down the middle. Like it's yeah, we've we've obviously um, made those changes to to the to the wings and, and point guard and all that, and that's that's helped. But Rudy led the league in dunks last year by a, a long while and broke the record or whatever it was. Um, and teams are really concerned about him. You, I don't know. How, it's probably not. People probably don't really watch it because it's it's not the ball. And, and when it, but when Rudy rolls down the lane after a, a pick and roll or whatever, he gets he gets bumped and hit by two or three people every time. And he, he's obviously developed offensively so well that man with breaking the record last year that they're trying to stop those lob passes to him or him running down the lane for balance. So, um, him rolling and getting on the rim and what he did last year has really opened it up as well and, and then you obviously combine that with the guys that we have on the on the wing it's um, it's a pretty dangerous kind of combination. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Are you guys at all worried about losing your edge as you crush one team after another? What what keeps you focused so you don't go out there and think, oh, it's another night, we'll win easily? Because when that happens, obviously you get beat. Yeah, I think um, as boring as the answer is, you, you, you take it one game at a time as we do and as we have done for the five and a half years. And we've always done when we were – on that nine-game losing streak, four or five years, it was at home. Spurs were the top of the ladder for, for a long time, and um, that was the same focus then as it is now. You, you can't. I don't think you can get. I think I read it from someone last night from the media that, regardless of who you're playing and who their record is, they've still got ten, twelve, fifteen NBA players out there, and. They're still really good players. Like you're not in this league if you're not a good basketball player, and um, especially those guys. They had two of arguably their best players out. They've got a, a new coach after a final, and they play really hard. Um, obviously, playing free because of the situation they're in with their roster, and um, just losing a coach not not too long ago and stuff. So, and every team. Is kind of at a different point in their season that they've, they've obviously everyone's got something to play for. If it's individually, they're trying to get better. Obviously, as a team, trying to make the playoffs. If they're in ninth spot, trying to bump up to eight or seven. And um, we, we've really just got to take it kind of one game at a time. And 
Um, like you said, keep up for it. The minute you walk into a game thinking you're going to win, um, usually ends pretty badly. Um, and I don't think we've done that this year at all. And we haven't played great against the, the lower-ranked teams or whatever, or the games that we're supposed to win. We haven't played great in all. Last night was probably the one of the more consistent um, kind of overall games that we've played. But we go into every game with the same mindset of, of just trying to focus on that game and that individual player and that scout. And, and then we, we kind of obviously try and handle business and, and move on to the next one. Do you think you're playing the best you've ever played in the NBA right now? Me? Yeah, you, yeah you personally. Oh, I couldn't care less. I know, but What's do you think record? so? No, yeah. What's that? You feel, you you feel the best about your, your game right now, then, if you don't want to brag on yourself? Oh, I mean, I obviously feel good. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't even know if I've played the best or better or whatever. I think... I think every year for me is I've tried to get better. I've tried to do something different to to make myself more effective or um, more efficient or, or whatever it is. And obviously this year the the big thing was going right and getting comfortable doing that. Um, I'm extremely comfortable doing that now, and I think that was not the final kind of piece I needed to add it add, but it was a it was a big piece because of what's happened the last couple of years and, and, and obviously even this year the teams are kind of doing the same thing so for me feeling comfortable doing that has, has been and I think that's opened up a lot for me as well it's got me being able to get me back to my left a lot um, it's kind of uh, I think it's put thought into teams minds of do we want to send it right because I feel better <laughs> I've tried to state it on, on record so teams will realise that I actually feel more comfortable going right shooting right now so if they're listening, please keep sending me right. Um, but no, I just I, I don't know. I just feel really comfortable. I'm obviously really comfortable with the system. I'm obviously comfortable with coach. Um, and like I said, every year I try to add something to my to to both ends, offensively and defensively. And um, yeah, I'm just in a, a really good spot. So Emmanuel Moutier said something interesting after the game last night that made me think of you. He was talking about how he said, "I thought like I was." You. He what? His IQ. <laughs> yeah. He said, I thought I had a high basketball IQ and it's a pretty smart basketball player and I got here, but there's a lot of details that Quinn wants us to work on. And I wondered if 17-year-old you had a conversation with you now, would 17-year-old you be blown away by all the stuff you've learned, you know, all the things you've added one year after another to your game? Oh, for sure. Um, not even 17-year-old me. 26 and a half, 26 and three quarters year old me um, right before I got here and um, I was actually I was actually thinking about it the other day my career in Europe and I I don't know I, I guess I felt like I didn't have the coaching staff that trusted me or, or whatever the situation was in Europe but I just wasn't I definitely wasn't a confident basketball player um, I was the same guy off the court I was the same guy on the court really but I just didn't have the confidence to, to go and do what I thought I could do or, or should be doing. Um, and I got here and it was like from day one of knowing Quinn and, and I didn't know Quinn that well before. I knew him, met him a few times of, of playing against him, but the, the confidence that he's given me as a basketball player and as just a human in general is, um, 
yeah, I mean, I never would have thought. I never would have. I, I wasn't even planning to get guaranteed my first year. Never mind be here six years later and have whatever two more years on my contract. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I owe a lot to to the Jazz for finding me and believing in me, and then obviously um, even more to Quinn for for doing and making me feel the way I feel out on the basketball court now. Because before that, it was uh, it was a pretty miserable challenge. Yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I landed on my feet here. My only criticism, Joe, is you can't blow Chris's until the fourth quarter, not in the third quarter. It's too early. You guys get nervous? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. You exactly. know, seriously, people yeah. tweeted at me. I was tweeting during <laughs> and people tweeted at me, none of this matters, it's over. Joe blew a kiss in the third quarter, it's done. It's too early. <laughs> I'd, love oh, to okay. know, I'd love to know a record on the, uh, my kiss-blowing um, affair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the record is, but I actually, and uh, that last one was like, that was the most random, like, loose one I've ever done because I didn't, I wasn't going to shoot it first off. I was going to drive and the people, I can't even remember where we were, wherever we were, um, the people in the front row were like yelling at me before, as I, I could hear them as I was running down the court. And then as I caught it, they were yelling even more and I was like, well, I have to shoot it now. Um, and it was just an automatic response. So, um, yeah. But it was all good. I, I knew we were good that game. Okay. All right, Joe. We appreciate a few minutes, as always. Thanks for joining us. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Joe Ingles, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.